Tackling the legal issues that matter to you in the Okanagan. This is Law Talk with the lawyers of FH&P Lawyers, LLP. All right, so welcome to our the second edition of our, our podcast. I'm Clay Williams, and with me is Tanvir. Hi, everybody. And uh, so our last time we talked about uh, the advantages of actually incorporating. And uh, so we wanted to continue with that theme. If you've already decided that you're going to incorporate, and I have good reasons to do so, listen to our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, now that you've made that decision, then uh, some of the things to consider carrying forward. And so the first thing we wanted to talk about is, is the name of your corporation. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of um, actually using the name as the incorporation. I don't know about you, Tanvir. I have clients that go both ways. So if you're just wanting a holding company, you can have a number and you're operating at under one, two, three, four, five BCLTD. Um, so you can go the numbered route, but then you have the clients that are wanting that branding, wanting that association, and there's a name that they want to tie to their company, which probably happens more often. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, if you're trying to establish and build up some goodwill, uh, if you're an operating company as opposed to a holding company, then then why not? Mm-hmm. You get a name that you can use uh, within your, your corporation. And so what I usually tell my clients is, you know, take a look at the the, um, I think you can still look up in the yellow pages, although you do it online, and uh, <laughs> try and find a name that isn't being used, at least in the local community, uh, to start. Uh, and uh, then what we can do is we'll ask you for three different names, and we will, um, because it costs the same. And uh, the register will look at the first name, second name, third name, and yeah. will tell us what, what uh, which one they accept. Yeah. Uh, because there is another way to do it. Like you say, you can just incorporate as a numbered company. Yeah. Uh, and um, if you do, you can you can still uh, do business as a numbered company, and uh, you would be using a trade name. So you can be, you know, numbered company BCLTD doing business as Acme Trading Company, or sorry, Acme Trading, not company. Yeah. But you still are supposed to register that DBA. name. Yeah. So there's a, a a partnership or proprietorship registry. So if you incorporate as a numbered company, then you would register the trade name as a uh, to the to the company. But yeah. I, you know, I, I say if you're gonna if you're gonna be developing goodwill, why not just pick do something? it from the get go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I try. So a lot of clients will say, oh, I, this is a name I want. It's my kids' names put together. Something very you know, mom and pop, which is, it's great when you think about it, but. I try to get them to think through why, what's going to be rejected right off the bat. Anything that's similar to something that's already in operation is not going to work. Anything that's confusing with um, a larger trademark, like if I want to have a shoe company and I want it to be called Nike Puppies, that's going to obviously be defected. You're not going to get that name. So we try to say go distinctive and then go descriptive. Um, so something that's distinct to you and then something that's descriptive. And I think I brought this example up last time, but if you're going to go, oh, there's Kelowna renovations or Kelowna construction, that's not going to work because um, the way that the corporate registry looks at names and approves names, they're going to read left to right. So if you have Kelowna, Kelowna, and then renovations, constructions, way too similar. So you're automatically defected. So I always try to ask clients, even think about getting something different in the beginning, Kelowna 2021 construction. That that way you're, you might be approved differently based on the fact that you have something in the middle there that breaks up the distinctive and the descriptive element of the name. 
Yeah, and then that's why it's important to give us three as well. Because, yeah. uh, you know, the registry might very well reject one and then they'll move on to the next one. So I think the current cost is like $36. You might as well yeah. give us three rather yeah. than one. And it does take a lot of name, or a lot of time, sorry, to get a name as well. So a lot of people are in a rush to incorporate and they're like, this is my name. I need to incorporate right now. There's a, a, there's a backlog sitting at corporate registry on when they're going to pick up a file and start looking through your three names. So um, if clients are in that much of a rush, we always say... Um, it was a, there's a rush fee that you can pay. I think it's around $100. I think it's $100. Yeah, $100. It's not very much money. So It's not very much. It's faster, I think, than you bring up the time frame to five days compared to maybe three weeks or two weeks. And so that's always an option. And I guess what we should talk about is what kind of protection that gives. And yeah. uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that even if you do get that name incorporated, even if you do use a trade name and register it in the, in the proprietorship registry, that doesn't give you any protection on that name. And that there's another level of protection that's a trademark. And uh, so if, if, if it's really important that you are the only one using that name or you are concerned that there may be somebody else out there that is going to attack you down the road then you can also get a, a trademark yeah and especially if you're looking to sort of conduct business outside of bc even this might be something that's more important then um, a lot of times we connect clients with what's called a trademark agent um, we get a little bit of information from them about not only what the name is but what is your actual goods and services that are associated with that name so with a trademark it's not only just a name but it's also what are you doing is it um, retail is is it, are you developing some type of um, garments? Are you developing um, some type of grass turf? What is the actual good itself in association with that name? And then the trademark agent will walk us through um, the applications and how to get that trademark going. Yeah, and if you're doing that, you may also want to consider trademarking the logo yeah. and uh, the uh, tagline. That's yeah, it. yeah. So, uh, you're so that's often done as well, especially if you're really interested in building that goodwill, building that branding. So. I think we should trademark rooted in your community. We are trademarking that. Are we? Okay. Yes, we are. In fact, I think it might be trademarked now. So, <laughs> All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about are the different positions, uh, different actors uh, that are involved in a company. And really, uh, the two that we're going to focus on are the directors of a company and the shareholders of a company. Yeah. So in general, um, each company, once we incorporate you, is going to have at a minimum one shareholder and at a minimum at least one director. And so what they do is different. So I think it's to be simple, we can start off with directors. What a director does for the company is going to be things like um, issuing shares, declaring dividends, they redeem, they can purchase shares, they'll approve financial assistance for the company. They will appoint officers and then they will specify like officer duties. Yeah, they're really the ones that are responsible for running the company and yeah. making all of the the uh, the financial decisions and decisions with respect to the operation. Yeah, the way that I like to think about it is we you as a company you can have ten different shareholders who are there to to make up this company, but maybe all those big ten shareholders aren't the ones that want to do all the day to day things for the corporation. Maybe they don't want to sign all this stuff. Maybe they don't want to do all the approvals. So having directors, you have essentially that management of the corporation through that director. And so you're not 
backlogging all your shareholders to do all of that. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out it is a, a, a position of responsibility. It is a fiduciary responsibility, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, so there are restrictions on who can be a director, and yeah. certainly um, uh, those are that you have to be 18 years old, uh, you uh, you have to can't have been found by a court to be incapable of managing your own affairs, you, you can't be an undischarged bankrupt or uh, convicted out of certain offenses, and shall have a duty of good faith and always act in the best interest of the company. Yeah. And a director is held to the stat to the negligence standard too, and must show uh, due care, diligence, and skill, and they must follow the provisions of, of the British Columbia Corporations Act. Yeah. So um, there are liabilities that come with being a director as well. Yes. So yeah, if directors are not acting in the best interest of the company, maybe they're acting out of their self-interest instead of for the company, um, they can be jointly and severally liable for losses or damages that a company suffers. Yeah, and so, so a lot of times we'll be recommending for our uh, our people that are incorporating, they're acting in the position of director, ensure that you've got director's insurance in place. Okay, so let's talk about a shareholder. So ownership in a company is, is represented by shares in a company, and the holder of a share in a company is a shareholder. Yeah. And uh, so really a share represents the interests of a shareholder in a company and serves to represent the contractual rights and restrictions that exist between the company and the shareholder. So a, com so a shareholder does have certain rights and certain powers, and very often they have the right to sell their share. Yeah. Although that is often restricted in the articles yeah. or the shareholders agreement. Yeah. So two, I think two of the biggest powers that I associate with shareholders would be the power to issue shares and then the power to transfer shares. Uh, well, and, and we should talk about the power to transfer shares. So very often in a closely held company, and that's a company with not very many shareholders, uh, there are restrictions on the right, or at least or on the right to transfer your share, at least the right of first refusal to the other shareholders. Yeah. That's to make sure that the original group kind of stays the same and you pick who you're gonna, yeah. who's gonna be in that group. Yeah. But certainly a shareholder can, can transfer its shares and uh, has a say in the larger functioning thing. of the company. Yeah, so day-to-day day -day operations, the director handles. When it comes to bigger things, let's say a company changing its name, the shareholders have a say when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to creating a new class of shares, a shareholder is going to have a say in that. Disposing of the most of the assets of the company. Those shareholders sign picture, off on that. Yeah. yeah, you're going to need the shareholders to sign off on that kind of stuff. But you're right. The day-to-day -day stuff is done by the directors. There's less involvement. The anticipation is that there's less involvement in the management of the company for a shareholder. Yeah. But that comes with a benefit as well in that there's no liability yeah. as a shareholder. I guess that's not quite true. Your liability is limited to the value of your share. Yeah, but you're not personally liable how a director would be right. when it comes to um, issues that a company runs into. Uh, so we did get a question from our last podcast about uh, the tax implications of incorporating in a little more detail. And uh, so for the most part, we will 
work with and rely on an accountant to provide us with that information. But I think that's a great question. And probably in a, in a, a show down the road, we'll, yeah. we'll ask an accountant to join us and yeah. we, can, we can hash that out in, in more detail. So for a future podcast, we are going to talk about um, how the directors manage the company and how shareholders manage the company through things like directors meetings, annual and special general meetings. And we're also going to get into the topic of shareholders agreements. So what they are, should you have them and what do they do for you when you have a company? So please feel free to send your questions to the email below and uh, we'll we'll make an effort to uh, respond to them in a future show. For more information on legal issues in the Okanagan, contact FHNP Lawyers at 250-762-4222.